welcome to the Elisa Creek Church Podcast. We're coming to you midweek in order to discuss the passage that we're going to be looking at together this weekend in the hopes that we can prepare you to better hear and apprehend God's Word. So today I am here with Jeff Scholler, who is our pastoral intern and youth director. Hey Nick, happy to be here. Yeah, thanks for thanks for joining me today. And we are going to be talking about not just this uh, text for Sunday, uh, which is Exodus, basically Exodus 1 and 2, just a, a short passage there. Uh, but we want to take a little bit of time to introduce what will be a brand new series. Um, it's a series on the life of Moses that we are very creatively naming the life of Moses. Yeah, our goal really for this is to set the stage for this series, kind of pause preemptively and ask the question, why this? Why are we coming to this passage? Uh, It's a narrative. How do we engage with Old Testament narrative? So hopes to kind of um, prepare ourselves to engage with this text well uh, throughout the next couple months. Yeah, and and looking at Old Testament narrative like this is different from what we often do. And uh, I think we can sometimes have a bias against those types of passages uh, because, you know, we like to, to have a take home, something to sit with, meditate on, you know, just kind of a, a nugget to, to chew on throughout the week. But these larger narrative sections are really valuable. Yeah, I think a, a temptation might be to real quickly try and find like a principle or a nugget in, an, in a narrative. And that's not bad, but if you do that too quickly, I feel like you lose out on the story, the rising action, the climax, all these kind of beautiful components that the Old Testament writers were very smart in the way they composed these narratives and things like that. Um, but I think one of the first questions you want to ask is, why Moses? Who is this guy? Why do we care about him? Um, and I can at least tell you a reason why he is not the focus. It's not because he was any special dude. I mean, when we first meet him, he is fumbling over his words. He is scared, understandably. I feel like I would be too when tasked with what he was tasked with. Oh, he's also on the run. True, on the run. Um, so you don't get this picture that he's this amazing, strong leader, at least, at least initially. But I think that's kind of the point. God intentionally picked this guy so that no one would mistake that what's about to happen is from God. He's the one behind it. He's the the power behind everything Moses is about to do. Moses is just an instrument. He's not the source of the redemption that's about to take place. But Moses is a hugely important character throughout the entire Bible. Uh, first up, he wrote the first five books. I feel like that's important. Uh, but also him, his life, his his uh, the, the Exodus story that we're about to dig into, it's a story that gets repeated all throughout the Old Testament. This was the Israelites' Um, this was their salvation story they refer back to. All throughout the Psalms, you see the psalmist referring back to God doing these amazing things in the Exodus narrative. It's their their grounding salvific event they look back towards. And then when you get to the New Testament, over and over again, Jesus himself, the apostles, look back to Moses, the events of the Exodus, and all of these ways that Moses and the Exodus prepared us for a true prophet, a true redeemer, a true savior of God's people. Yeah, and we see that even in Moses's own writings. So in Deuteronomy 18, uh, verses 15 through 18, we read, 
The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen, just as you desired of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly, when you said, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, or see this great fire any more, lest I die. And the Lord said to me, They are right in what they have spoken. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers." And of course, we now know that that prophet being referenced in Deuteronomy is Jesus. So the, the main reason why Moses is Jesus. Yes. Uh, it's usually a safe answer, the Sunday school answer. Absolutely. It's actually a good one. Absolutely. Now, this coming Sunday, we're going to be looking at Exodus 1 and 2. Uh, so Jeff, would you mind setting the scene? Where are we at in the biblical narrative when we arrive at Exodus 1? Sure, yeah. So Exodus is the second book of the Bible. So we're picking up the story that got started in the book of Genesis. We see God create, we see mankind fall, we see God begin to show himself as a promise maker, as a redeemer. And particularly in Genesis 12, we meet Abraham. Um, And God, in his grace and mercy, covenants himself to Abraham, making a promise that he would give Abraham land, blessing, descendants. And all throughout the book of Genesis, we are um, wrestling with this question of how is God going to keep this promise? There's obstacles along the way. Uh, You've got his very old wife. You've got his promised son, Isaac, uh, being sacrificed, supposedly, um, on a mountain. So we're we're, we're constantly asking this question of of how is God going to fulfill this promise? As we fast forward through Genesis... Um, the, the book of Genesis ends with the Joseph narrative, a well-known story of how Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers, this horrific evil. But God, in his mysterious, sovereign ways, used that to elevate Joseph to become the, the second most powerful person in the world. Um, and that paved the way for the Israelites to come to Egypt um, as as friends, as companions during the famine that was taking place. So you've got Israel in Egypt on good terms, and then Exodus 1 picks up the story, and a good amount of time has passed where now you've got Israel. Um, Egypt almost functioned for Israel kind of like an incubator. They went from a small family to this this nation. They, they grew they multiplied. So that's an important detail we're told immediately is they are now this this nation. But a second important detail we're told is that there's a new pharaoh in town. And this new pharaoh does not know Joseph, did not remember Joseph. So all of a sudden, he starts to see these Israelites as a threat, thinking they're going to get too big. They're going to team up with our enemies. They're going to defeat us. So we need to start implementing some strategies to keep them at bay. And they enslave them. They attempt to begin uh, killing their children. And that takes us to kind of the end of chapter one. It's a very dark picture of the state of Israel. And once again, we come back to the question that we asked all throughout Genesis. How is God going to drive this covenant forward, keep his promise to this family, to uh, the family of Abraham? Yeah. So when we pick up then in Exodus 2, uh, we see the beginnings of an answer to that question. So Uh, In the midst of this evil pharaoh's attempted genocide trying to kill all of the Hebrew boys, uh, we learn of a particular boy who was born to a Levite family, 
And that boy, as you may have guessed, is Moses. Now, Jeff mentioned attempts by this pharaoh to kill the children of the Israelites, and and this pharaoh really targeted the Israelite boys, and he did so in two different ways. Uh, His first attempt was to enlist two midwives, the two who are named at least, which is a fascinating little detail because here this pharaoh, who would have been the most powerful person in the world at the time, isn't named, but these two lowly midwives are And the reason for that is their willingness to stand up to Pharaoh and do what honors God instead of what he commanded them to do. And Pharaoh's command was for them to go and kill Hebrew boys as they were being delivered. But instead of doing that, they deceived Pharaoh, informing him that the Hebrew women were so vigorous that they had the babies before the midwives were even able to get there. This, of course, wasn't true, but it showed a value for life and, again, a willingness to honor God over any human institution. When that effort proved futile, Pharaoh then commanded that all of the Hebrew boys be cast into the Nile. And ironically, it was this command that brought Moses to Pharaoh's doorstep. See, soon after Moses was born, Moses' parents abided by the letter of Pharaoh's law, but not by its spirit. So instead of casting Moses into the Nile in an attempt to kill him, Moses' mother gently placed Moses in a basket and sent him down the river. And providentially, Moses ends up floating right to the place where Pharaoh's daughter happened to be bathing. And she sees this Hebrew boy in a basket, has compassion on him, and decides to raise him herself. So Moses grows up with this dual identity. He has an awareness of his Hebrew roots, but then grows up in in Pharaoh's household. And this dual identity manifests itself in a destructive way by the time we get down to chapter 2, verse 11. So Moses is going about his business, and he sees an Egyptian overlord of sorts abusing one of his brothers. Uh, so in the in the text, it says uh, one of his people, or in the ESV, it's translated one of his people, but the actual word is one of his brothers. So Moses looks on his brother who's being abused with compassion, but he decides to take matters into his own hands, and he actually murders the Egyptian who is doing the abusing. And this puts Moses on the run. So in our text, Moses is has fled and uh, is in a place called Midian, which is essentially the wilderness. And it's there that God prepares him, uh, helps him to become the person that he needs to be in order to do the thing that God is going to call him to do. Yeah, and I love how chapter two ends. It comes back to God, and um, it, it tells us four four verbs that God is up to. Um, kind of behind all of this. Verse 24, uh, first, he hears the groaning of his people. Number two, he remembers his covenant with Abraham. Number three, God saw the people. Number four, God knew. So we get a sense as the reader, God is is at work. Um, a lot of things are going wrong for the Israelites, seem to be going wrong for Moses, but none of this is escaping God's eye. He is He is present, he's near, and he is about to do some amazing things. Yeah, and all of that remains true today. Our God still hears us, remembers us, sees us, and knows us, and is willing to work on our behalf in order to, to bring us to himself, to make us who he wants us to be. And he uses those times of trial and testing uh, in order to mold us and shape us. I think Moses ultimately needed that time in the wilderness, and it wasn't a short time. He was there for 40 years. 
but I think without that, Moses wouldn't have been the type of person who would listen to God's call, who would trust in him. Hmm. Yeah, he's still the same God who sees us, he knows us, he's near, he's faithful to his promises to us. We can bank on that. But this takes us back to why we're thinking about kind of the value of narrative in the first place. Like, Nick, it'd be one thing if I told you God knows you, and that's cool, and that would be helpful. But if we can see that unfold in a story, the way he redeems his people, and we we don't just hear the the proposition, God is redeemer, but we see God redeem, um, it just sinks in, in a new level. Agreed. And this Sunday, as we look at Exodus chapter 2, we're going to get to see God at work. We're going to get to hear a, a real story of a real person who encountered God in the wilderness. Uh, despite really challenging circumstances, uh, his life taking a, a total U-turn in a direction he never would have picked for himself, we see a God who remains faithful and uh, who, who uses challenging wilderness experiences to uh, accomplish amazing things. So I would encourage you as you prepare for this Sunday, as you prepare to come into worship, to read Exodus 1 and 2, uh, to meditate on these texts, to pray through them, and ask that God would would begin to reveal himself to you uh, and to prepare your heart for worship this Sunday. Looking forward to seeing you all there. Grace and peace. Roll down, Moses.